You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Chicago Bears fans, I'm not going to waste any time today. I want to jump right into the show and talk about what transpired down at training camp this week. Uh, my name is Lester A. Wildfung Jr. and this is T-Formation Conversation. We are part of the Windy City Gridiron Podcast channel and I am joined today via Skype again by our guy Jacob Infante, who is actually down in Bourbonnet right now, and he just took in Tuesday's practice. Jacob, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Lester? Great to be on again. Awesome. Yeah, so so when I was at camp yesterday, I thought Mitch Trubisky looked looked solid. I think it was one of his, his better performances. You know, he wasn't flawless. He had a, a few head-scratching throws, but, but all around I thought it was a good performance from him yesterday. So how did he look today? Well, I do think that Trubisky looked pretty good. Uh, compared to when I was down there on Friday, Trubisky was definitely a lot better, a lot more accurate with his throws. Uh, Decision-making, like I said, wasn't really an issue on Friday. It was just the ball placement, and the ball placement was a lot better today. Uh, fewer mistakes. He had two picks, but both of them uh, were because of his receiver. Uh, Allen Robinson slipped on his first uh, interception, and then Adam Shaheen dropped the pass on the second one. So overall, it was a pretty mistake-free day, and it was definitely uh, a good performance for Trubisky today. When I was there yesterday, it seemed like he had a little extra zip on a lot of his passes. Did you notice he had uh, some some good uh, 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 good velocity on his passes today? Oh uh, yeah, I think the velocity overall was more impressive uh, today than it was when I was down there on Friday. Was there? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I was going to say there's one play in particular where he hit Javon Wims in the middle of the field. I don't remember if it was an in or a slant or a cross or something, but. Uh, Wims was running a route that had him going across the middle of the field, and Trubisky absolutely hit him with a laser. It was the hardest pass I've seen him throw uh, in terms of velocity, and it was really impressive to see him get some zip behind those throws. Was there a lot of deep ball stuff? Because I know that was a criticism of Trubisky. You know, the last the last couple weeks here in camp is deep ball, a little underthrown off and uh, off and on. And yesterday he didn't do a lot of stuff deep. Uh, was there any of that going on today? Uh, no, there, there's the same thing that you mentioned. Not a lot of uh, deep action today. A lot of shorter and intermediate throws. Uh, when he did throw deep, he wasn't bad. Uh, wasn't perfect either, but I, he was better than he was when I was down there. But overall, not a whole lot of deep stuff today. Okay, so I've been at camp a couple times. You've been at camp a couple times. And and here's what I noticed. In, in some of the drills and some of the seven-on-seven seven seven stuff that he's doing, um, he seems to be throwing late on occasion. I think that's what a lot of uh, fans are tweeting about is, is some of that stuff. And, and now part of that is because the defense he's facing, they, they know what the Bears are doing. They, it's a 7-on-7 seven seven or it's a drill work, so they know it, it's a pass play. And I think uh, it was uh, at, at yesterday's post-camp uh, presser, head coach Matt Nagy talked about it. You know, he said that with no threat of the run, uh, the DBs and linebackers can cheat a little bit. So, so honestly, I'm not worried about the bad throws in, in some of those settings. Is that kind of where you are on that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily too worried. Uh, I mean, obviously, you would prefer a little bit more consistency. But overall, 
you know, you factor in the defense and you factor in that it's a seven on seven. Yeah. Uh, it's not necessarily the end of the world that he's not playing perfect. Uh, you know, obviously, like I said, you know, accuracy would be ideal if it were more consistent. But like you said, I'm not really too worried. Yeah, I think the most important thing with him in camp is, is how he processes what he sees and, 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 and where he's delivering the ball. And, and, and these are things that, that was brought up by the, in the press conference by Matt Nagy yesterday. And, and, and plus, when they go over the tape and, and they watch what he did at practice, you know, they'll understand a better idea of what he was looking at. And if he's seeing things and if it's just a tick off because of the coverage or something, that's nothing to worry about. I mean, are you still expecting a good year out of him uh, in, in 2019? Yeah, I mean, I'm still expecting a good year out of him. I'm My expectation is that he will break the passing yards record yeah. if he stays healthy because he was on track to do that before he missed the two games. Uh, but ultimately, I mean, it's not a very high bar because no Bears quarterback is thrown for you know more than 4,000 yards in a season. But I think Trubisky can get that or at least come close. Uh, I don't know how much of a breakout year he'll have if he has one. But I, I'm expecting good things. And like I said, I think his ceiling, like I mentioned on Friday, I think his ceiling is an above-average quarterback. And my expectation is that he'll develop into that this season or at least come very close to that. Yeah, I'm with you on the record. I think that he's going to break Eric Kramer's passing record, which I believe is uh, uh, 38-38. And I think the touchdown record, I think he has a chance at that too. I think the touchdown record is 29. So I'm with you. I'm expecting a, a big year, and I'm expecting the, those records to fall. Yeah, I mean, they're not necessarily super high marks, uh, which kind of says a lot about how the Bears, you know, history has been a quarterback. But I think with the weapons they have and the skill set that Trubisky has, it's definitely possible. Cool. I want to talk a little bit about the receivers. Uh, Rookie uh, uh, Riley Ridley, he seems to have no lingering effects from the pulled hamstring, and it sounds like he had a real nice day today. Is that true? Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, Riley Ridley was a guy I was pretty high on. Uh, in the draft prospect. Yeah, I, I remember process. that. Yeah, I had him as like an early third rounder, I believe. So to have him fall in the fourth round was, you know, pretty amazing, I think. And what I saw today basically confirmed what I noticed on him on tape. Uh, he's incredibly fluid. I mean, he's such a natural athlete, the way he, you know, the way he runs, the way he flips his hips, the way he changes direction. It's, it's pretty much flawless. And he can like sink his hips and dig deep to make sharp cuts uh as far as route running goes i think he was the best route runner today and that says a lot considering the you know route runners that they have on the team but ridley just looks so fluid and natural you know in space and i think that he put together a really good day uh especially coming off of an injury that was even more impressive to me yeah, when I was there yesterday, he didn't he didn't get many many balls thrown his way, but in, in some of the drills I watched him, and, and like you said, he looks fluid, he looks athletic. You know, he doesn't have the, the top end speed that was one of the knocks of him coming out, but but if you can run your routes with precision, you know that adds some 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 football speed to you, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this is in no way a comparison of skill sets, but Antonio Brown didn't run the fastest forty yard time. I believe he was like a four five something four five four six or whatever uh something along those lines and he's one of the best route runners in the game and he's you know on another level so that's just proof that you don't necessarily need to be a four three burner to be a stellar receiver in this league and you know like you mentioned ridley doesn't have that top end deep speed but he's a very precise route runner and i think that matters more in the long run 
you know, the, the chemistry between Mitch Trubisky and, and second-year pro Anthony Miller, um, so far in camp it hasn't been the best. I've heard some people actually question uh, whether they're on the same page in, in some instances. But you got to think about Anthony Miller did not uh, participate in some of the some of the OTAs. At, at least he wasn't participating fully because he was coming back from that, that injury, the, the sh- uh, shoulder surgery, I believe it was. Um, but did you think they looked a little better? Because when I was there yesterday, they looked a little better. That they were on page a few times. They had some good chemistry. Um, did you think the chemistry improved between Miller and Trubisky today? Uh yes, I definitely believe that. Uh, I was overall. I think Anthony Miller had a good day. He didn't necessarily stand out to me in a good way when I went down there on Friday, but today he looked good. Uh, he was a very precise route runner as always. He's able to get consistent separation. There was one play. Uh, Trubisky hit him on an out route, and Miller was able to drag the toes and stay in bounds. You know, well placed ball, very you know sharp route, and I think the chemistry is still developing, and it could still get better. But I definitely think they've made its big strides today. You know, we're talking about uh, t- basically the, the the third wide out and a guy who's probably going to be the fourth or fifth wide out. You know, and and you know these guys are talented. You know, we haven't even talked about the starters, Allen Robinson and 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 Taylor Gabriel. So, Dave, any other thoughts on on the on the uh, wide receiver position today? Uh, I do think Marvin Hall had a bit of a disappointing day. He's had a very good camp, but he had three drops today, which oh. I think was pretty disappointing. Uh, ultimately, I do think he makes the fifty-three man roster right now. You know, just based off of his speed and his special teams ability. But from a receiving standpoint, he had a uncharacteristically down day. Uh, Javon Wims had a good day as usual. He's put together a very nice camp. Uh, Robinson Gabriel, it didn't, you know, too much of them today. Robinson Gabriel looked solid as well. But ultimately, I think that today was about a lot of the backups, like the three, four, and five receivers. Those are the guys that you know, got a lot of the reps, and those are the guys that took advantage of that and made big plays. You mentioned Marvin Hall, and he had a nice day when I was there yesterday. You know, you mentioned fluid. He looks really fluid. He, he's a really a, a quick guy. He has, he has, I think, is a, a legit 4-3 guy, and, you know, he just looks fast. I mean, this is a guy that I thought was kind of a, a roster bubble guy after the Bears made their other changes, you know, this offseason, but like you said, I think he's going to stick because he does add that value to special teams. You know, uh, not only as a guy that can return kicks in 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 in, in spell of uh, uh, Patterson on occasion, but he can cover kicks on the punt return and on the uh, on, I'm sorry, as, as a punt gunner and on the, and a kickoff gunner too. He he can bring that aspect to the team. Yeah, and I think that with some of the losses that the Bears had on special teams, you know, Josh Bellamy's gone, uh, Benny Cunningham's gone, Daniel Brown's gone. Those are some. Uh, you know, pretty big names on special teams that aren't on the team anymore. So, you know, like you said, Marvin Hall's got a lot of versatility on, you know, kickoffs and punts, and I think that that will get because if you look at the receivers right now, uh, not many of them really hold much special teams value. Yeah, that's true. Some of the starters, you know, Anthony Miller, Anthony Miller has some kick return value, uh, but like the backups, Riley hasn't proven anything yet. Emmanuel Hall hasn't proven anything yet. Javon Wims hasn't proven anything yet. And though you know those guys have more upside as pass catchers, I think that with backups, you're also factoring in special teams for guys that you can actually give playing time to. And I think that's definitely going to play in Hall's favor. Yeah. So when I was there yesterday, I was not impressed with Adam Shaheen. 
which has kind of been the story of his career so far. Uh, one of the few, um, it looks like one of the few, you know, big misses from, from GM Ryan Pace. Uh, did anything from Adam Sheen stand out today to you? Uh, not necessarily, which I think in some cases is a good thing. Uh, Shaheen looked a little bit better today. Uh, still didn't look great. I mean, obviously, the, the athleticism and fluidity is kind of lacking, but he didn't really look bad. There was one play after practice on the middle field that I noticed he was able to make an over-the-shoulder grab uh, in the end zone, which I found to be impressive. But overall, in just like seven-on-seven drills and positional drills, he looked all right. I mean, at this point, I think that is what he is. He didn't look bad per se, but I don't think he was necessarily fantastic either. Now, this is one of those guys that he had a basketball background. I mean, he, he played basketball in college, and, in, and then he ended up going to play football. Uh, I have not seen that that athleticism from him at all, even when he was first came in, and I know he had some injuries you know, your last few years, but I just haven't seen the athleticism at all from Shaheen. Yeah, I'm definitely with you there. Uh, I remember in the draft, a lot of people were touting his athleticism for his size, but I, th- I personally thought that it was exactly that athleticism for his size, not necessarily athleticism in general. I mean, you can be a big guy and be quick for a big guy, but that doesn't mean you're quick. Yeah. And I think, I think that that's what Shaheen was. And I also think he benefited greatly from playing against subpar competition at Ashland. Uh, so, I mean, I saw the upside there, so I wasn't terribly upset with that selection, but he hasn't proven those athleticism concerns that I had for him coming out. Yeah, so uh, uh, Coach Matt Nagy talked a little about Ben Broniker today at his, at his post-camp uh, presser, uh, saying he could play both the U, which is the, the move tight end, and the Y, which is the inline tight end. Uh, do you see Broniker having a nice role this year for the team? Yes, I do. Uh, he's been getting a lot of first-team reps, you know, with Shaheen recovering from the injury and uh, Trey Burton not practicing. And I think he's made the most of it. He's looked solid. He hasn't been bad in any stretch of the way. You know, he looks he looks serviceable as a replacement in the, with the first team. And I think that that versatility, you know, as well as the special teams value, is going to give him a, well, a guaranteed roster spot but also a decent amount of playing time on both offense and the third phase. You know, you mentioned uh, Trey Burton, and usually whenever Trey Burton is mentioned, I, I'm always hammered by guys on social media, you know, saying how, how bad he is and, and, you know, just just, just taking shots at him. Um, do you think he'll have a nice year this year? You know, for the record, I don't think Trey Burton is bad. I don't think he's as good as his contract uh, lived him up to be, though. And I think that this year he was okay. He's not terrible, like some fans are saying. Yeah. But he also wasn't great, like his uh, 88, I believe, Madden rating indicates. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that one was a little bit of a head-scratcher to me. But I uh, I think Trey Burton will have a solid year. I don't know if he's a long-term guy going forward. I mean, that remains to be seen. But I think he can be a solid player. I'll, I'd have to look into his contract to see if there are any potential outs in that deal if you know he doesn't do well then the bears could potentially cut him and save yeah. a lot of cap space but overall i'm expecting him to have a solid season this year i don't have incredibly high expectations just because there are so many other weapons on the team but i think he will put together a decent year 
I mean, the Bears sign him, and it's 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 the nature of free agency. You always overpay a little bit when you're getting someone else's uh, a player. And I think he's the eighth highest paid tight end. And if you look at the numbers where he finished as far as receptions, uh, touchdowns, and yards, I mean, he's in that range. You know, but, but some fans want to look at him like he's the next Travis Kelsey or, or George Kittle or, or, or one of these elite tight ends. And that's just not what he is. He's a, an average to above average tight end. He fills a role in this offense, which is very important for the Matt Nagy offense. You need the, a, a move tight end. And he fills that role. So I think he's... He's serviceable. He's capable for what the Bears want to do, but but he'll never be a, a Pro Bowl guy, and he's never going to be an, an 88 Madden guy in real life. That's just not what it is. And then if you talk about the ratings, you know, Pro Football Focus said Burton rated as one of the best blocking tight ends in the game last year too. Yeah, I mean, I, that's something I disagree with. <laughs> I think that, I you know, clearly that Burton is a much better receiving tight end than he is a blocking tight end. But, I mean, I don't want to get into that too much. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, I think Burton does have a good role in this offense. He uh, his skill set matches what Matt Nagy likes in his offense. Uh, again, like I said, I don't know if he's a long term guy, but definitely in the short term, the Bears can afford him for this year with all the rookie contracts that they've got. Yeah. So, you know, I'm expecting a solid year out of him. You know, Ryan Pace always has those outs in his contract, and Burton, I believe, has one after this year. So. If it's to the point where they need some cash and, and he's not living up to the contract with, in, in their eyes, they can always make a move. And, and if that does happen, you know, the Bears have, have I think, four undrafted free agent tight ends in camp right now. So did any of those four stand out to you today? Uh, yeah, actually. Uh, when I was down there on Friday, Ian Bunting put together a good day. Today, I think Ellis Richardson put together a good day. Uh, he's more of an unsung guy. He's lower on the depth chart than uh, Bunting and Dax Raymond, who uh, I actually had as like a mid-round talent. But Ellis Richardson had a good day. Uh, he showed, you know, natural ball skills as a pass catcher. He showed that uh, he can extend very well and high point the ball at a high level, which I think is very good. Uh, I don't know necessarily how high his chances are of making the roster, especially with such an influx of talent at tight end, all those you know roster bubble guys. But I think there's a chance he slides in the practice squad. And if, if he doesn't, if he doesn't make the cut and the Bears choose to add, you know, Bunting or Raymond if he doesn't make the team, then I could definitely see Richardson uh, sneaking on to another team's practice squad or potentially even a roster if there's an injury opening. Yeah, I think the Bears are going to at least keep one, uh, possibly two guys in the practice squad. You know, and and he's talking about Ian Bunting. Uh, Ian Bunting, did you see his rap video? I did not. I <laughs> I heard about it, but I haven't gotten around to watching that yet. I'm gonna have to do that when it's I. It's not bad. He he raps. He sings a little bit. It's kind of a, a old school R and B flavor with like a, a remix. But uh, it's 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 interesting. It's definitely he he seems like a character, and he would fit right in the, in the locker room. Um, so, so I want to go to offensive line. Uh, you know, that's actually the toughest thing to analyze from a, from a training camp uh, practice perspective. But did anything interesting happen for the big guys today? Uh, not in particular. Uh, James Daniels did look pretty good, though. I've uh, been trying to check out his snaps to see how he's been doing and adjusting to that center role. And he's been pretty good. Uh, since I've been down there, he hasn't had any bad snaps. I heard he had one yesterday. Yeah, one yesterday. Yeah, one bad snap yesterday. But today he didn't have any. He looked pretty good. Uh, Rashad Coward 
got uh, was going up against Khalil Mack. They had the two uh, second team offense going up against the first team defense, which I thought was just cruel. But <laughs> they had Khalil Mack going up against Rashad Coward, and that absolutely crushed him with a club to the ear. Which it's not fair. Just, yeah, that hurt me <laughs> just looking at it. Like Mack is so obviously powerful, and like I like Coward, but at the same time, it's tough to guard someone like Khalil Mack. But, that, that's a mismatch every, every day. Oh, absolutely. I mean, overall, for the offensive line, I didn't notice anything bad. That's good. I mean, I do, I do think the backups were a little bit underwhelming, uh, especially the, against the first-team defense. They got destroyed, but that's to be expected. But the first-team offensive line did look very good, and I think that's a good sign. So how big a deal is it that Kyle Long has not missed a day of camp so far? I think it's pretty good. Uh, he's looked good in practice. I haven't noticed him doing anything bad, and I think it's a good sign that he's, you know, he's shown he's fully healthy. You know, he's moving pretty well. So I think you know that's a good sign, especially with all the injuries he's been dealing with the past couple of years. And I think if he stays healthy, he could be, you know, a solid piece of this offensive line. I mean, he has that Pro Bowl pedigree at both right guard and right tackle. You know, so he has that going for him. And he, like I said, I've always said when he's healthy and he's right, you know, he's just such a, a physical mauling presence on that line. And, and he brings so much stuff to the to the to the team as well for the intangibles. He's a great leader in the locker room, and and the guys really really uh, uh, look up to what he has to say. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he fits that you know personality, rough and gritty, you know, lunch pail guy that a lot of Chicago fans like in their athletes. Uh, he plays a big role in you know the culture in the locker room there, and he's a a true veteran presence. And I think that he's uh, even if he's maybe not as good as he used to be on on the offensive line, I think he's still a valuable part of the team. Yeah, so I, I guess we may as well uh, just just uh, wrap the entire offense up. So, what are your takeaways from the running backs today? From the running backs, I would take away that David Montgomery is still very good. Uh, he had a another very good day. Uh, he looked very good on Friday when I went, and he looked very good again today. He's just so fun to watch because he can do a bit of everything. He's so like elusive. His lateral agility is impressive, and he's also runs with power. He didn't have any plays where he trucks multiple defenders and carries a pile, but he did show toughness in between the tackles today, uh, and he also looked fluid in, uh, as a receiver out of the backfield and lined up wide. He did run a very smooth hitch, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was scrimmage or seven on sevens, but he looked he looked like a natural out there as a receiver, and I am just I'm very excited to see how he fits in the offense because I was a big fan of his skill set and watching him in camp. I think he's going to be the real deal. You know the fact that he can actually you know split out wide and actually run routes that's going to open up a lot of stuff for uh, for Coach Nagy. Oh, absolutely. Having, you know, not only one but two guys, you know, him and Cohen that can line up wide, and Mike Davis is a good route runner out of the backfield. That offers so much versatility for the offense, and it makes, you know, it makes their offense so much more tough to stop for opposing defenses. Definitely. So let's jump over to defense. I want to start with safety and haha Clinton Dix. You know, he's he's unofficially the starter as, as the uh, the Bears released their, their depth chart, their unofficial depth chart today, uh, which is not a surprise. But how did he look running around today after coming back from the pup? Uh, haha looked solid. He wasn't necessarily spectacular. He didn't have any, like, big plays. But he did look good. 
Uh, they were able to move him around a lot. They had him a little bit in single high, but not as much as I was expecting. Uh, and they didn't have him in too high too much, which I was personally thinking they do a lot more because both Eddie Jackson and Ha Ha, you know, they specialize when they're up deep in the defensive backfield. But they had him on in man coverage a little bit. They had him lined up in the slot sometimes. Okay. And he held his own. He held his own. He was going up against uh, Taylor Gabriel, I believe, a couple times, and he looked decent, not entirely out of place. So he put together a good day. Uh, not necessarily spectacular, but he didn't do anything wrong either. You know, those those safeties from Alabama, they understand how to play defensive back, whether it's corner slot, whether it's anywhere on that field. You know, Coach Nick Saban will move his, his DBs around, and I think that really bodes well for them when they come to the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen so many guys, not only Eddie Jackson, HaHa Clinton Dix, but so many other defensive backs from Alabama these past few years come in and excel. You know, guys like Landon Collins and, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick has been pretty good. So I ultimately think that they've got two very good safeties. Uh, well, one elite one in Eddie Jackson. Yeah. And HaHa, I believe, is a reliable safety i don't know necessarily how he's going to be in run support this year but i think in coverage he's definitely going to offer uh a little bit more versatility than amos did you know i, I don't think eddie jacks or i'm sorry uh clinton Dix is as physical as adrian amos he's obviously not not as technically sound in, in certain aspects of his game but he doesn't shy away from contact i mean he will stick his head in there and, and try and make the tackle yeah and i do agree that amos is better in run support and he's more physical and when it comes to the safe play, uh, he's better in that regard. But I also think that HaHa uh, is more of a playmaker than Amos is. And, you know, like you said, he's not entirely afraid to, like, you know, lower the shoulder and get his nose dirty. But it's going to be interesting because it's a different skill set. You know, the two very different players at the safety position. And I guess we're just going to have to find out and see uh, what Coach Pagano has up his sleeve for using him. Yeah, if you talk to Packer fans, they'll say that he is uh, he's horrible. Um, you know, I, I, I see some of the stuff that they're trying to say about what he did. You know, he just didn't look like uh, the Pro Bowl player he was when he was early in his career. But I, I, I wrote about it last week. How much is that Ha Clinton Dix just being on a bad Packers team? I mean, sometimes, you know, you play the talent around you, and I'm say, not saying that's that's a, a pass for him, but it's human nature. I mean, he knew his team was, was bad. His defense wasn't the best, and – I think being in a new environment, uh, the new culture of the Bears, um, um, super, super talented players around him, I think he's going to have a nice year. Yeah, I believe that he's definitely going to benefit from playing on a more talented defense. Uh, I do think from you know just a personal level, he regressed a bit on the field. But I do think that you know overall, he didn't have as much talent. Uh, even in Washington, when he was there, I think Washington had... Uh, at least on paper, uh, a little bit more talent than Green Bay's defense did last year. But I think that HaHa will benefit from being on a better defense. I don't know necessarily if he's going to return to his Pro Bowl form. I personally doubt it, but I think he can definitely improve a little bit and uh, rebuild his market value for when he becomes a free agent next year. And that's that's his plan, obviously. He signed the one-year deal, basically prove it. He wants to get that one nice contract before his career uh, rides off in the sunset. So, so the unofficial depth chart we talked about also lists uh, Bilal Nichols as the starting uh, uh, defensive end opposite Akeem Hicks. Again, it's not a big surprise. 
Um, but how good can Nichols be in 2019? Uh, I believe that he's got a lot of potential, definitely. Uh, when I saw him coming out of Delaware, I saw a guy who was raw but definitely had potential. Uh, I believe he's got a lot of the physical tools to succeed as you know a defensive lineman in the NFL. And you know when it comes to just you know the pure hand strength and the acceleration off the snap, I think that he's definitely you know got a lot of room to grow. And on a snap by snap basis, he can get you know more consistent in a lot of different ways. But I think the physical tools are definitely there, and he's going to get a lot of one-on-one blocking situations with guys, you know, Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack rushing the passer. He's going to get a lot of one-on-one situations, so I wouldn't be surprised if he has a good year. Is uh, uh, Let's go to linebacker. Is, is Roquan Smith still fast? Yes, very <laughs> fast. <laughs> he looked very good out there today. Uh, they, had, they were running some... Uh, like dime packages on seven on seven and they took him out for some of them which i was a bit confused by i saw that they, on, on, on twitter yeah it's weird yeah they put trevathan in which i personally don't agree with but when roquan was out there in coverage he looked at home uh i mentioned on twitter he's got that sideline to sideline speed that very few linebackers in the nfl have and i think that just makes their defense that much more dangerous when you've got a uh, linebacker with not only that much range and coverage that much range as a tackler, I believe that with his athleticism, he's never truly out of the play, which is going to make their defense that much better to have a guy on the second level who's as athletic as he is. You know, if you watch him play, you know, at Georgia and then with the Bears last year, you know, there's just so many times where he, there's just a blur on the screen and you're like, who, who the hell is that? And you look at it, it's, 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 a, it's a middle linebacker. It's Roquan Smith. It's just ridiculous how quick he is. Yeah, and I think that the instincts started to uh, definitely pick up near the end of the year, which allowed him to play at full speed. Uh, if you turn on the tape, you'll see multiple plays of him, you know, running from sideline to sideline on like an outside zone run or something, and then he'll just be able to reach from one side of the field to another and just absolutely obliterate the uh, ball carrier. And I think that you know, with another season in the defense and. It, an actual training camp this year to prepare for the year, I believe that he could very well have a breakout year that could end in at least an all, uh, at least a Pro Bowl. Yeah, appearance. for sure, for sure, that's happening. He's making a Pro Bowl. He's just uh, he is that damn good. He's that guy. He's the guy the Bears drafted, and he's going to have a, a real nice year this year. Uh, you know, uh, did any, any of the backup linebackers, whether outside or inside, stand out to you today? The backups? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I do think the backup edge rushers struggled a little bit today uh, against both the second team offense and the first team offense, although that's to be expected. But neither, none of their uh, backup edge rushers seem to be particularly fantastic. Uh, linebacker, I didn't get to see as much of Joel Iagbunue as I liked. Nice. Uh, he put together a good day on Friday. Uh, they didn't put him in as much today, but I do think he is a you know, pretty valuable asset going forward on special teams and potentially as a Trevathan replacement. I mean, we don't know. We haven't seen him play on defense enough to get a verdict on that. But I think the physical tools are there. Uh, Other than that, I don't necessarily think any of the backups really stood out to me. And they weren't bad, but, you know, they were just decent. And 
that's kind of to be expected for backups, but it, it was a little disappointing to see, you know, a lack of a true breakout candidate. Although I will say, I will say Matthew Betts. There it is. I was waiting for the Matthew Betts comment. Okay, what do we got? Matthew, was, is he great? Is he going to make Betts, it? Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't think he'll make the fifty-three, but I could see him sneaking onto the practice squad. He did have. He had one very good play where he was able to, uh, you know, do a rip move on Bobby Massey, bend underneath him, and he would have been able to, you know, bring. I think, Trubi- yeah, probably Trubisky was in at the time, bring him down for a sack in a real game situation, but. It was impressive to see that athleticism out of him because he is, you know, a good athlete for his size. And especially if he's doing that against a starting offensive tackle in the NFL, I think that bodes well for him as he makes the transition from a Canadian college football into the professional American game. Yeah, I think with Betts, you know, he, he obviously has uh, the athleticism. You know, uh, if you watch his tape at at, uh, at, at the at the college he played there, He's going against guys that just, you know, they have no chance against him. So it's kind of hard to translate that. But, but you know, I kind of watched him a little bit when I was there the, the, the couple times. And, like I said, nothing really stands out in, in a positive way. But he does look like he belongs in camp. He's not, he's not, uh, he's not really uh, overmatched too much. He just has to work on his technique. He has to work on getting everything fluid with, with what he's trying to do with his hands and his feet. And I think, like you said, practice squad guy for sure. Yeah, and I think that he's a guy you, you know stash on the practice squad uh develop his technique a bit get him some more reps against you know nfl players in practice and i think you know if all goes well he's a decent backup edge rusher you can use on special teams and use as maybe a rotational guy i mean i don't think he's ever going to be like a legit starting edge rusher but i think that next year if they choose to keep him and and he decide you know and he develops pretty well then he could be a more realistic candidate to make the 53 man roster yeah the bears got to find a, a young outside linebacker to groom and, and to, to kind of have in that role right now i don't really see that guy in the roster so so so, so the, the the nickelback battle was an interesting one heading into camp um, but so far, I think Buster Screen is, has been distancing himself from rookie Duke Shelley. Did anything stand out from either of these two nickels today? Uh, yeah, I think that in terms of uh, snap like consistency, I think that Screen is the guy. I mean, there are some chances, you know, where Duke Shelley doesn't. He, he looks like a late round pick. He doesn't necessarily always look like the unheralded sleeper prospect who can break out and develop into a starter. Although. He did have his, what I believe to be his first interception of camp today, where I don't remember who was running the route, but he timed his jump very well. He read Tyler Bray, you know, like a book. Yeah. And he was able to jump the route and show off the athleticism and the instincts that got him drafted in the first place. And I thought that that was a very encouraging play because we hadn't really seen too many, like, splash plays from Shelly in camp so far. You know, I think with screen, he has a reputation for being a little more physical, a little more handsy. I know he has a lot of uh, pass interference penalties, but I was actually joking with uh, with with our guy uh, uh, Robert Zaglinski yesterday at camp, and and I, I was telling him that with the Bears pass rush being so good, maybe the pass rush will get there before screen can have a, a pass interference penalty. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. I think that screen does have you know a role in this offense. I mean, this defense rather. Jeez, all right, but. I don't know necessarily if he's going to be the starter for the whole year. 
I mean, that remains to be seen. But I do like his versatility. I think he can play, you know, in the nickelback position in the slot, and he can play outside as well. So if Shelley does happen to supplant him, then Screen can be a good, you know, a good fourth cornerback, put him in in some dime looks, and also, you know, get him outside as a backup in case, you know, Fuller or Mukamara get hurt. Yeah, you mentioned Mukamara. He's had a really nice camp so far. Are you expecting him to have another big year? I could definitely see it. Uh, he had both of Trubisky's picks today, and uh, he's he's looked good in camp. I yeah. mean, a lot of people write him off as, oh, he's going to be gone at the end of the year. I'm not so sure, because even though the Bears would save a lot of money by cutting him, they also don't have a replacement on the roster yet. I mean, Kevin Tolliver has shown some promise, but I would not feel comfortable with him you know, stepping out on the field right now and being a starting cornerback alongside Kyle Fuller. Uh, so I do think that Amukamara is he's an underrated piece on a defense that really doesn't have a lot of underrated players because everybody already knows that those guys are so good. But, yeah, he's had a very good camp, and I'm expecting a solid season out of him. He's very underrated. He's, he's been a really good professional here. I think this is his, his seventh or eighth year now. You know, but but he's been solid his whole his whole career. He's he's a physical player. He likes playing uh, a, a press man coverage. He kind of gives that a different dy- dynamic to what the Bears are doing on defense. So I'm expecting another big year for him. So so, so these next few questions uh, I asked you, you know, last time I had you on Friday. So I'm gonna do it again. Uh, so give me your camp MVP from today on offense. On offense today, uh, I'm gonna have to do a tie. I know that's kind of cheating. No, I like it. I like it. I'll do a tie between uh, David Montgomery and Riley Ridley okay. with Trubisky very, very close. Nice. Maybe nice. maybe a three-way tie. There I you might go. do a do three-way it. tie the, with every, Montgomery, the, the, Ridley, the, the, the and The whole Trubisky. offense is great. Let's name them all. Yeah. Let's just like yeah, name everyone. <laughs> but, yeah, those guys all put together very good days. You know, I've talked about all of them. Uh Especially Ridley, I was very encouraged to see him recover from his injury so well and look like the guy that I watched on tape at Georgia. I think that even if he doesn't have a big role this year, down the line, I think he can be a very valuable asset in this offense. You know, Coach Nagy actually talked about Ridley a little bit at the post-camp presser, and, uh, you know, he was happy. He's happy with what how he's looked. You know, there's no lingering effects like we talked about from the hamstring, so... You know, I mean, his roster spot was never in jeopardy, but I think it is good to see him come out here and, and look good the last couple of days. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with how many guys they have at receiver who could possibly make the team, I mean, Ridley's not really fighting for a roster spot, but he's fighting for snaps. And I think that with his performance today, he definitely uh, helped his case a bit to have a more involved role in the offense going forward. Nice. So over on the defense, same question. Who is the uh, camp MVP on the defense for uh, for Tuesday? On the defense, I would have to go with Prince of Mucamara. Uh I mean, it, I, I put Khalil Mack, I believe, as the defensive MVP last time. And he was very good, again, as always. But I don't want to you know, seem repetitive. So I'm going to go with the Mucamara. He had two interceptions, and uh, m- most of them were, you know, just because, like, the receiver he was guarding screwed up because Shaheen had the drop, and then 
that bounced off of Shaheen and then into Mukamara's hands. And then on the other one, Robinson slipped. But it also showed very good situational awareness on Mukamara's part. It showed good ball skills. He was able to track the ball down well. And he looked, you know, very natural uh, catching those passes. And I think that, you know, even though he's a veteran, I still think that Amukamara can, you know, continue to get better. And I'm I'm pretty optimistic with him starting alongside Fuller. I, th- I think they've got one of the best cornerback duos in the league. You know, I mean, as Bears fans, we saw a few years ago, um, maybe a little longer than a few, but we saw Tim Jennings, who was a veteran. He kind of came to Chicago, and he never was known for interceptions. Then he really just, as as his career went on, he got much better at it. So this with with Amukamara, he's, he's never been known for getting interceptions, but I think he had two last year. He's had a, a, a few in camp already, so maybe he's a guy that's worked on his hands, and, and he's going to have his best year ever. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening, especially with the talent the Bears have up front to rush those passes and to force you know bad throws. I don't know if he'll. I don't think he'll get to you know the Jennings level, even though you know it's it's a, definitely a similar situation. Either they're both. The veteran players, uh, Mukamara was rather underwhelming for his first round uh, positioning, but I do think he's developed into a good starting cornerback. And I'm I was impressed with what I saw today. I think he's got a good spot in this defense going forward. Definitely. So I asked you this question last time, and I think I kind of uh, 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 shocked you a little bit, and you weren't ready for it. But I'm going to ask it again: Was there a player today that kind of surprised you? A guy that you weren't expecting to be as good as he was today, and he kind of like, oh yeah, I have to uh, double check the roster and, and just see who exactly who this guy is. Is there a guy like that today? Uh, I would say Ellis Richardson. I mean, I've heard some good things about him in camp, but I didn't necessarily see too much of him when I went on Friday. Today, like I mentioned earlier, natural hands catcher, good ball skills, able to high point the ball, extend it very well. And, you know, like I like I said, it's going to be tough for him to make the roster, but I think with this performance in camp from what I've seen and from what other people have seen, he's got a spot somewhere in an NFL organization. I think the key with any undrafted tight end is they have to, to – not necessarily be a good blocker at this stage in their career, but they have to be at least a willing blocker. They have to show that they're they're, they're going to get in there and, and, and try and get physical with the player. And is that is that something you saw from him at all when you're watching him? Uh, I didn't. I'll be honest. I didn't really see too much of him uh, as a blocker. I mean, when they were doing seven on sevens, they had all of the tight ends, you know, running routes except for Bradley Sull. They had him uh, dropping back and pretending to do pass protection a lot. So I guess that kind of indicates his role. He's just a, you know a, a blocking tight end, which isn't necessarily surprising. That's fine. Yeah. So I I honestly couldn't speak too much as to how he was as a blocker, but as a receiver, I definitely think there's upside there. Nice. I'm glad we snuck in a Bradley Solomon mention today. Though. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, hey, Jacob. Thanks a lot for jumping out with me. Uh, you know, since I'm an awful host, I didn't plug your stuff yet. Uh, why don't you let everyone know where they can find everything you do online? <laughs> it's all good. All uh, right. You can find me on Twitter at JacobInfante24. Uh, I cover the Bears, obviously, here at Windy City Gridiron. I also do NFL draft stuff at USA Today's DraftWire. 
Awesome. And that is our time, guys. Thanks so much for listening to T-Formation Conversation, uh, which is actually one of three shows on the uh, Windy City Gridiron Podcast channel. Uh, also, guys, make sure you subscribe and rate the show, do all that stuff. And you can check out all my stuff, of course, at WCG. Uh, you can follow the entire Windy City, City Gridiron crew on Twitter at WC Gridiron. And also, please follow me as well on Twitter at WiltfongJR. So until we meet again, bear down, my friends. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com slash Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement.